Singles, the love line. Special edition where we discuss love, hate, and everything in between. Yeah, we talk about pop songs about love all day, so we figured we would get to the root cause here and uh, <laughs> really explode the idea of love and see what see what's up with that. See what see what mental illnesses all of our little wiglets have. And let me tell you, yeah. it's a lot of illness, but we love you for it. But don't we all? Um, hi Juan. Hi Joshi. Hi. How's it going? Oh my god, I'm excited. I'm in a great mood for once. That's fun. Not homophobic today. <laughs> for the first time in years. Feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't been homophobic in ages actually. So that's really Oh wow. That's growth. Yeah. What like days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky that I don't work with any gay guys because I feel like that would really raise my homophobia. In my, uh, yeah. that is how it happens yeah, yeah. systemically. But yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> then you didn't even ask, but I am. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're okay. Um, I know we're both boiling hot. Wait, what are you drinking? Is that water? Um, yeah, I'm drinking ice cold rose mixed with seltzer. Oh, so it's like a whole leak. It's a classic. Um, Spritz, it's like it in the kind of romantic mood. Wait, let me. Ooh, I love you. Mm-hmm. Here you go. White claw pamplemousse. <laughs> a listener, crack open a can of um, whatever beverage you feel like. Yeah, listener, join us. This is the second edition of the Love Line, by the way. First one back in February, I think. Go check it out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We really uh, covered a lot of ground in that first episode. Mm-hmm. From what loop to use to whether size matters. I remember those ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are classic. Those are classic. <laughs> <laughs> That's history. <laughs> and uh, we have really, we have so many questions. We have like oof, stuff about crushes, stuff about finding love on Twitter, stuff about workplace crushes. Mm-hmm. I already said crushes once. We've got a lot of crushes. In the there's a lot of crushes. Yeah, people be crushing. There's a lot of, there's a question about coffee. Yeah, and a question about other beverages. <laughs> Breakups, you know. Mm-hmm. The usual. The classic, like, grievances of 20-year-olds. Basically, yeah, it's true. So let's let's start. We have a couple of voicemails. Mm-hmm. And just out of respect to um, the people who shared their voice with us, we're going to start with one right now. Let's press play. Hey, Josh and Juan. I'm so excited for The Love Line. Um, This is my first time contributing. Um, This is my second take, though, because the first time I tried this was really difficult, but I know you guys, like, enjoy voice notes, so I thought I'd give it a go. Basically, I've had this crush on a guy for, like, three years, Um, it began when we were like working together in a nightclub and at the time he had a girlfriend which I found out maybe like a few months into working with him but by that time we'd already like developed quite a strong crush and like we were always just like bouncing off each other and like there was like clearly like just like chemistry and like whatever form but like he like was really vague about having a girlfriend I don't think she was like in the same city 
Um, and then I stopped working at this place and then like a year and a half later like we went for like these drinks which it was really hard to tell like what the, what the vibe was because I I don't know if he had a girlfriend at the time still um, but like it was like really kind of like romantic and like weird um, now I'm not in the same city as him anymore and like in January we started like texting a lot and like we'd never really messaged that much before because I was always like scared to initiate it and like because I kind of felt like he already knew I had a crush on him, so it's just, like, embarrassing, um, but, like, we started, like, messaging a lot in January, and we've been messaging quite intensely until, like, May, and now, like, it's kind of drying out a bit, like, it's just a bit dead, but, like, he doesn't have a girlfriend anymore, and, like, in September, we're going to be in the same city, and I'm just kind of, like, playing the scenarios through in my mind, because, like, I've had a crush on him for so long but now I'm just scared because it's like that point where like the crush is more like the idea of him that I liked and so like now if there's a potential of something happening between us like I find that like kind of terrifying um I don't know if I just want to keep him as a friend like we get on so well I don't want to like mess anything up I don't even know if he has a crush on me so yeah just like if you had any like comments on the situation any advice have you ever been in this like kind of situation before um i would love to hear it xoxo anonymous (laughs) thank you anonymous gossip girl thank you anonymous love your speaking voice Mm -hmm. your speaking voice you should start a podcast (laughs) (laughs) um okay so workplace crush who maybe who did have a girlfriend Mm -hmm. year and a half later they went for drinks Mm -hmm. unsure if he had a girlfriend at the time but seemed romantic started texting again this january he initiated it okay fizzled out since then but they're going to be in the same city in september Mm -hmm. unsure if it's still a real crush or just the idea of him she likes so I guess the question is, should she stay friends with him or make a move? Mm. It's a really long time to have a crush. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's not the idea. If it's been if it's been a crush for so long, surely it's the idea. You're probably convinced to build a like an ideal of him in your head, but you won't have you won't know rest until you seize the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And especially no, you, given you, ha- you have to get a drink with him or a coffee or something. Yeah. I'm kind like, of confused about the um, logistics. Like they're not in the same city right now, right? They were, but not now. Not anymore. Okay, but yeah. they will be either visiting the same city, or maybe he's coming to her city, or vice versa in September. Right. Yeah. Like, why would you not meet up? Yeah, that's what I call fate. That's destiny <laughs> bringing you together. <laughs> <laughs> but like. I feel like the con- the amount of contact is like relatively low. Like, you know, like they they worked together. They yeah. went for like drinks one time, maybe. Yeah. And then it's been texting ever since. Like that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah, I think so too. So it is an idea, you know. Like you do have to you do have to like yeah get a drink. Yeah. You have to like figure out if you actually like this person. Yeah, exactly. If you if and if he's interested, yeah. If your uncertainty is that you don't know whether it is really a crush or not, you have to investigate it. You have to like follow through and see what's up with that. Yeah, for us, for <laughs> us just alone. for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but also you you're always going to be wondering, like, if you just pivot to friends like that, you're always going to be wondering, what if I had made a move? 
So I think the time is, cool. you have to wait in, like, you have to do it in September when you have an opportunity. How, though, that's the hard part. I feel like coffee. No, that's too friendly. It has to but be But I drinks. think, like, it could become, like, a day-long thing. What you know? are you, Weekend? Like the movie, like the gay movie? <laughs> Do you ever watch weekend? that movie? <laughs> no. a movie? Weekend? A British movie actually called Weekend or something like that. Where two gay oh. guys like go, like meet each other and then just like spend, end up, end up spending the whole weekend together. Like, to, like sort of like spontaneously. Together. Yeah, but that doesn't happen, or it's never happened to me at least in real life. Well, they could like do stuff after. I'm just thinking like a drink would be like for sex. And like a coffee would be vibe it out, almost a date. I disagree. No? I think coffee's friendship. It's like, oh, it's like network. Um, but yeah, you're right, a drink is coffee. sex. But but it is the, like, I think straight people also nowadays start relationships with sex, much like gay men do. Great point. I think, I don't know. I mean, it could also become like a, a fling if this person doesn't live in the same city. And they're just visiting. That's it true. Like, um, it's low stakes because yeah. he's not even in the same city. Okay, so get a drink. There's another issue here, though. I'm not sure if it's part of it. But is he single? Because he wasn't before. Yeah, and she didn't ask when they mm-hmm. went for drinks a year and a half later. Well, I mean, getting a drink is going to be a great way to find out. Like, you should have <laughs> yeah, exactly. asked that. <laughs> the first thing is like, oh, so what do you want, a martini? Okay, and are you single? Or like something like that. Martini. Martini. That's for gays and girls. <laughs> what do guys drink? Manhattans? I don't know. Is that a thing? Manhattan. <laughs> Big old pint, I reckon. Give me a beer. Yeah. Especially they're British. I'm joking. I'm like... Um, okay, well, did we help? I don't think we were that helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually weirdly hard, yeah. Yeah, it's really... It's a. I think it's just a very complex situation. There's a lot of like contact, but I think ultimately what this person probably needs is like a push and we are pushing you yeah. right now, listener, just do it. Yeah, send the text first. Like don't wait for him to initiate because he's obviously busy. Yeah. And like t- tell him, oh, we're going to be in the same city, make plans, stuff like that. And then when September's ro- September rolls around, go and get that drink and get your answers, girl. Yeah. Get your answers. <laughs> A big, fat, throbbing answer. Yeah. <laughs> big, disgusting. fat, horny reunion. <laughs> Thanks, listener. Thanks, listener. Hope that helped. I know. Seriously. I feel like I've never, like, met anyone in my life after hearing that story. I'm like, <laughs> like I have no idea what to tell you. <laughs> I hope it helped. Um, okay. Hi, Josh and Juan. This is another another question now. What are your thoughts on finding romance on Twitter? I think I, a Canadian, have fallen for an American oomph, an American one of my friends. <laughs> followers? One of my followers. Oh, either. One of my either followers, one of my friends. Is that delusional? A logistical nightmare? More <laughs> trouble than it's worth? So crazy it just might work? Please advise XOXO. It's all of those things. All of the above. Oh my God. Logistical nightmare more than anything. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be New York, right? Maybe not. Maybe it could be Chicago. Could be Chicago. Yeah, the, <laughs> all two cities in America yeah. for gay guys. Um, it's not true. I've done this, not Twitter, but Tumblr. I've been right. in this situation, in this position. Oh. And I think you have to go for it. 
I mean, it is like what what we were saying. It is definitely a logistical nightmare. Yeah, especially if it's it fits in New York, it's like fairly easy. If it's like an East Coast city in Canada, which is like probably it is that flying to New York or even taking the train is not that hard. Well, right now it is because the the ports are closed. But yeah, let's ignore that part. <laughs> it is a logistical nightmare, if, like regardless. Um, but I still think that like it's worth trying it. Like the worst thing that comes out of it is that you have a, like an online friend. Right. Listen, like I'm like okay, I'm gonna speak from my experience. So what happened to me was very similar. It's like oh, I have a crush on this oomph, and we were chatting a lot, and then you start sending nudes and dick pics, and then we we started texting like a lot, like every day and every night, especially at night. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and then we ended up I ended up visiting because he never came to Toronto. Shocking. But I ended up visiting New York like three times. I also had friends, so it was easier for me. So yeah. I would stay with my friends and then like end up staying at his place. And then that happened for like a span of like say six months. And this is my warning: is that eventually <laughs> it's going to fizzle. Yeah. Like the logistical aspect of it is so hard that you're not really going to be able to develop a relationship. But the, the important, distance, the traveling, yeah, yeah. The distance, yeah. In general, I'm like, distance is a really hard thing to do. And unless you have like an end date to doing distance, mm. like unless, you know, you're moving to the same city, it's kind of not worth it. But that being said, if you just do it with the knowledge that it's going to fizzle out, and then once it fizzles out, you maintain the friendship, I think it's doable. What do you think? Okay, I guess I'll tell you my American romance story from the internet. <laughs> American romance story. Yeah, like fully Please. paperback. Um, flashback to high school. I oh, whoa. was also on Tumblr at the time. Mm-hmm. I went on a school trip to Washington, D.C., where um, I had an oomph. Didn't know, but he was an oomph at the time. <laughs> the oomph in question was Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, we like walked around the city for a while. I like broke off from the school trip to meet him. We we got coffee or something. And then mm. I had to go back to school to like the, the group trip. And we had an awkward moment saying goodbye. Mm. And then I was back with school. And then he texted me later saying, I wish I kissed you. <laughs> <laughs> so cringe. <laughs> So freaking cringe. Well, you were in high school. It's excusable. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, my thoughts on finding romance online, not well, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's fun, but... I mean, it like definitely occupies space in your mind. Like maybe you want yeah. that, maybe you don't. It's like something to fantasize about, like our first caller. Yeah. Um, maybe like that's valuable to you to have like something to fall asleep thinking about. Like that exactly. can help for sleep, honestly, yeah. thinking about and someone. If, and if you're super lonely and like don't have mm-hmm. a relationship, I think the problem is when you get into like an exclusive long distance relationship, because that I think is just like, postponing something that isn't going to work, you know, unless you like are meeting up or moving to the same city, just don't do like an exclusive and even just like two series of our relationship. I don't think that's the best thing for this situation. Yeah. I think for this kind of stuff, you have to keep it light, keep it casual, keep it sexy. Keep that's it all, flirty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Send those pics, you know? Yeah. Hopefully he has Find a, a Canadian good... shop local. <laughs> Jeez. The brain drain, the, the penis drain. Yeah, the brain drain. <laughs> <laughs> All the good cummies are going to the States. Okay, delete that. 
<laughs> Actually, keep it, but yeah, ridiculous. Um, the Cummies Pipeline. <laughs> Cummies Pipeline from the US, the Canada New York. US Cummies Pipeline. <laughs> Hate it. Mr. Trudeau, open the borders <laughs> so this <Yeah>. gay <laughs> listener can meet his oomph. Yeah, build the pipeline. <laughs> <sighs> well, hope that helps. Hope that helps. I say, yeah, do it, but have fun. It's all about fun. Yeah. Oh, the next one is pretty short, but full of like messiness. So the listener asks, how do I entice my ex into getting back with me after a horrible breakup? <laughs> Lots of emphasis in different words. Entice, ex, horrible breakup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, my follow up is why, right? Why are you doing this? Why would you do that? Yeah. But I guess they're not asking us if they should. They're asking us how. <laughs> oh, well, okay. In terms of how, like, I feel like the tried and true technique is to date someone else. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I was going to say the most attractive thing to an, ask, to an ex is like seeing you thrive and be happy on your own. Yeah, it's true. So if you're trying to like seduce and entice an ex, the first thing is to like be very publicly happy. <laughs> and surely they'll like slide into your DMs at some point. Or maybe that's just like the base level is that before you try anything, that. Like be happy on your own, post a lot yeah. of sexy pics and be like blah, blah, blah. And then after that, if you're really committed to enticing your ex, I guess here's the, the thing. It depends on what they're trying to do. If they're trying to just fuck the ex one more time or if they're trying mm -hmm. to like entice them back into like having a relationship get getting back with me oh that's yeah that's full relationship that's relationship yeah yeah, yeah. Oof. Mm. you just have to like show up at the gay beach at the same time as him <laughs> <laughs> literally Listen. not a single gender in this question and i just i really you just have I really to did that. track their movements and <laughs> yeah, run yeah. into them no i'm joking I've never tried to do this. Once I low-key tried, and this is going to tell like my embarrassing story, so hopefully you'll relate, not only relate, but second guess this idea. But I was going through a horrible breakup, but more horrible on my side. You know, like one side is like suffering way more. Yeah. This is like a cautionary tale. And then I wrote a letter. Already a mistake. I wrote a handwritten oh. letter. Yeah. To this oh person, my God, Juan. in which in which I don't explicitly ask to get back with him, but if you read between the lines, it's there, uh. you know. And the result of that effort was nothing. No, no reply. No text. No letter back. No like message in a bottle. Nothing. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that usually there's a reason why you broke up, especially if it was a horrible breakup. And it sounds to me like the person who's trying to get back is usually the one who's like suffering the most or having a harder time. But in that yeah. case, you just have to wait. It's all about time. If like you're the one who did wrong, oh, you, yeah, like, you have to leave that person the fuck alone. I guess horrible. Yeah. Horrible implies that there was maybe some wrongdoing. Yeah. I don't know what it implies, honestly. Insane lack of detail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> Morally speaking, yes. If I were to answer the question, okay, what we said, 
be like alone and attractive, make yourself look be the attractive. most attractive you can be alone. Yeah. Which is having fun. Yeah. And then I guess be friends with people. Try to like become friends with them somehow. Because it's like with an ex, it's hard. You can't just go and grind there. I guess and we have to assume this is not a gay guy. But with an ex, you can't just like sed- seduce them in a traditional way of like, I don't know, social media or whatever. So you kind of have to go through the path of friendship first, I think. Yeah. And then while your friends drop hints, <laughs> talk about talk about like things you used to do together or be like... Talk about sex. Talk about sex for sure. Or like be with like, other oh, people? Yeah, yeah. Talk about like having sex with other people. Or like if you have like a particular sex thing that you did together, be Stop. like, oh, it's been ages since I did that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> like if your ex happened to like give you great head, just be like, oh, it's been ages since I've gotten great head or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> wow, 100%. <laughs> That's really good, honestly. <laughs> Juan um, going evil mode. Yeah, going like <laughs> gossip girl mode. And then after that, you planted the seed. Then you you must have some shared interests if you dated at some point. So then you text this person saying like, oh, there's a, I don't know, a Tarkovsky retrospective at the Cinematheque. Should we go together? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go together and the rest is probably toxic history, but yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Know. That's foolproof. <laughs> it's gonna be I'm gonna be a mess. Whoever follows my advice is gonna end up like looks like a lawsuit at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope that helps. But I feel like I it think, did. Yeah. Also, I think what we were trying to get across, though, is think again why you want to do this before you do what we said to do. Think about why you want to do this. Because it sounds Yeah, like- if it was that horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm, what's the time for that? Again? <laughs> like, we just came out of a pandemic. Again? <laughs> That's probably why, though. Yeah. I mean, people have been saying that a lot of people have been reconnecting with exes throughout the pandemic, like texting each other, being like, oh, how's it going? Yeah, sure. During the pandemic. I mean, it's not over, but we're in a different phase. It's pretty much over. But I'm not judging. I'm not judging. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. Hey, boys. So I have a very pressing question for this week's Love Lion. Although it's not about my own heart, it's about the hearts of my friends and their terrible decisions. Um, My question is, I am often the person that my friends go to for relationship advice for whatever reason. I think it's because I often keep my opinions to myself, but I um, lately have been feeling like a lot of my friends have fallen into these terrible, toxic relationships, and I guess I'm wondering, is it ever my place to say something, to um, advise my friends that they're dating losers, or should I continue to bite my tongue? And I guess in addition, is it ever okay to tell someone to, or advise someone to break up with their significant other. I guess this is becoming a problem because, um, 
maybe I have kept silent in the past because, you know, there's always the chance that I'm going to run into these significant others at group hangs and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear your advice. Love the pod. Uh, thanks. Bye. Hi. Thanks, Anonymous. I love that last thing you said about loving the pot. <laughs> thanks. About what? About loving the pot. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that some more. Um, I think we should that. unpack that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this is a very serious question, though. So let's let's go serious mode. I mean, they're all. They all have been like. Yeah, right. I really feel like people are unpacking. And they've just been like thinking things over for so yeah. long over the past I mean, this year. This is what happens when you give them the people the opportunity of like free therapy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Everyone's like jumps in it because no one can afford it. Yeah. Um, but this is a really good question. I think most people have had to deal with at some point. Which is, is it ever okay to be brutally honest to a friend about their significant other? Is it ever okay to advise a breakup? <sighs> I've tried. It, it doesn't work in my experience. It doesn't work ever. I mean, I actually haven't tried it, but yeah. I've like implied. Mm. I've like, I've like, I've said the reasons I haven't liked someone's significant other mm-hmm. more than once, actually. And I mean, it's just, it. it's never really about you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, it just doesn't really hold much weight in my experience. Hold much water. Yeah. I think it's okay, yeah, if you're concerned. You can phrase it nicely, like, make it about mm-hmm. you. I think that's the key, yeah. Yeah, make it about you, right? I think you have to make it about you and just, like, make sure that you're not... I think you have to frame it so it's, like, not... You're giving them advice about, like, to do this, to break up, to, like, take some action. But just, like, no, yeah. your opinion, like, your personal opinion about this person is that they're toxic. Because I do think it's important, though. Like, I want my friends to, yeah. and as a friend, I want to be honest. Because that's the whole point of having friends, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not the whole point, but you know what I mean. As a friend, <laughs> I think it's important that you are being, to be honest with your friends. Because you sort of want that from them back. So I don't think you should bite your tongue entirely. I do, yeah. I would hate to find out after a relationship yeah. that everyone hated my partner. Same. That has happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it, was, and it just makes you feel like, oh, so you were just being all fake throughout. And I think it's important to yeah, know. Like that. walking on eggshells around me. Like yeah. since when is that our friendship? But yeah, make it more like, give like concrete moments, like concrete evidence. Like I noticed you said this after you said that. And I was like, I was really put off. Like, did yeah. you notice that? And maybe your friend didn't notice that. Maybe it's just like how you they talk, you know, how the couple talks. And I think that unfortunately people are just going to be always defensive. What's going to happen is that if you say something negative, people are going to be defensive at the moment, like when you say it. Yeah. But it's going to stick with them and then they're going to think about it and they're going to be thankful to you in the future. If it was like actually honest, like like an honest opinion, if you're just being an asshole, which I don't think is the case, but sometimes that happens. No, you yeah. won't be based on that question. But yeah, like if they're defensive, just be like, okay, that's fine. It's just, I just yeah. caught, I just, yeah. you know, it just happened. I just noticed it's just it. My opinion. You just yeah, it's my, my opinion. opinion. 
You know what my least favorite thing is literally ever? It's just, and I, I keep noticing it too. It, it's never really not been a problem, but just you'll have a friend with their partner and like the little like bickering moments that happen, mm-hmm. like make me never want to fall in love ever again. It's like so hard for me to be around. That's crazy. Like it's so cringy for me. But it's so like what happens to every relationship, I feel like. Every, I think at every point, relationship. Yeah, yeah, at some point, bickering just becomes like super normalized. These two lesbians I know very well don't yeah. bicker, notably. Good for them. Um, they don't bicker. Um, so, <laughs> touche. <laughs> that reminds me of um, Adrian Malouf and her husband on the first two seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. They would bicker constantly. It becomes like so personal, right? Like personal yeah. attacks, like you're always doing this. Like you're always telling me to do this or like mm-hmm. just like too much info for like the cameras, you know, yeah. whether it's the cameras or you're like your friend group having <laughs> or, like a your friends, or whatever yeah. the fuck. Jeez. Um, yeah. I do think bickering is usually normal, but that's not the point of this question. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I just mean, um, I mean, it can cross the line, I think quickly. Like, yeah. And it's usually more annoying for the people around you than it is for the actual relationship yeah well yeah that's the thing it feels normal for the couple but i think i can get to a certain point where it's like okay i've been noticing this and i want to bring it up with you and it's mad awkward when it's like three people and then they're like oh my god God, please but i think this person is in such a difficult situation because i don't think it's happened to me but sometimes when you give an honest opinion on someone's partner it like destroys friendships yeah. It can really lead. I mean, look at the hills. Perfect example of that. I don't think uh, Lauren was being Lauren was being pretty reasonable about what she had to say to about Spencer to Heidi, and yet her honest opinion cost her her friendship. Right. <laughs> Josh is like not impressed with this reference. <laughs> He's like, sure. I'm like, no, relatable, relatable content. <laughs> So I guess it's just a matter of like, yeah, what we said earlier, hard evidence, frame it as like your own opinion, not like advice that she has or they have to follow. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think your friend will tell your significant, the significant other. No, I think that would they be won't tell the significant, yeah, I don't think that's really unnecessarily dramatic. Yeah. No. I don't think you should worry about that. I don't think the info will get back to them. Like you said in the email, but yeah. Yeah, but that's a good question. That's important to take into account because, yes, it could be awkward, but unless the relationship is super... No, I don't I don't think it would happen. Yeah, no. Unless your friendship is already, like, on the rocks, I don't think that would happen. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it doesn't sound like it is because you're always being asked advice. Yeah. And if that's the case, it seems like they trust your advice, so definitely give it. Period. But not your advice, but your opinion. Give your opinion... And they can transform that into advice if they want or not. Yeah, exactly. Or they can be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get to say, I told you so. I'm joking. Okay. Thanks, listener. Thanks, Thanks. Wigglet. Hi, boys. I wasn't going to ask you this, but why not? Okay, here we go. (laughs) I drink three cups of Joe a day and I get a headache when I don't. How much do you have in the morning? Should I quit coffee? (laughs) Such a good I question. Have... Should I quit coffee? <laughs> yeah. What are you implying? Because I have two to three a day, probably two. I have two. I feel like three is borderline too much. My mom, when I was growing up, had eight. 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Eight cups of coffee. Well, she would say that, but I don't know. And also, see, here's the thing. I make like a jug, like I make a uh, filter coffee, which yeah. I think is probably like four cups, really. But I drink it in like big mugs that really end up being like two or three. Yeah. Okay, that's true. When I say two cups, I kind of mean four. <laughs> no, totally. Like, though. Yeah, yeah. My drip maker makes, I think, eight. And then I like save half for the next day, generally. Right. Oh, you really? You drink? That's pretty... Whatever. <laughs> so like for, for eight cups, I get four cups. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I drink two a day. When I drink three, it's just like, I'm sick of the flavor by the end, honestly. Mm-hmm. The flavor of coffee, I'm like over it. <laughs> That's just me though. I don't think three is too much. Three is not too much. It's not crazy. Three is not too much at all. I've heard of worse. And getting a headache when you don't drink coffee, thats I think that happens fairly normally, no? That doesn't happen to you? I get that. I get that, yeah. Yeah, I get that too. Weirdly, like sometimes I'll have it when I wake up. Coffee? <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> Me like discovering when coffee is drank. Um, no, like... Some days I'll be like in withdrawal of caffeine as soon as I open my eyes. It's crazy. But other days I don't really notice. So it doesn't sound toxic to me. (laughs) I can definitely go one day without. I've sometimes, especially Sundays actually, when I don't need coffee, like if I'm not working, there's times when I'm like, oh, it's 4 p.m. and I haven't had coffee because that's it. Then you drop it. Yeah, I don't drink after 4 Yeah, I don't drink after 4 either. That's a relatively new rule for me, though. I think during the pandemic, especially at first, I was like drinking oh, yeah. however much I wanted and whenever. I don't like staying up late anymore, you know, unless I'm you, out. You and Andy go to bed super early. I don't think you should quit, though, listener. I think that, like, first of all, coffee is natural. Um, I think mm-hmm. that there's nothing more human than, like, altering your consciousness somehow like whether it's coffee yeah. coca leaves or like tea you know it's like it's like traditional humans have been doing that for centuries let's talk about how it keeps you regular af let's talk about that like gastrically you mean gastrically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> digestion wise yeah no and that's also helpful i mean there's many benefits to drinking coffee that have been documented like that <laughs> Mayo Clinic. <laughs> WebMD. I was recently listening to Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience, mm-hmm. where he has an expert on like mushrooms and he talks about coffee and he says that um, apparently people didn't start drinking coffee till like the 1400s, which I was a bit shocked about. Like people have been using different forms of caffeine since forever, but coffee specifically oh. wasn't used till like the 1400s. And then he's like trying to make this historical argument where he traces the consumption of coffee to like enlightenment ideas. Tea. So if anything, coffee has made humanity smarter, probably more capitalistic too and stuff, but that's probably uh, not the pot for that. <laughs> more business ideas in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> more startup concepts. <laughs> more app ideas. Yeah. <laughs> More podcasts. <laughs> More podcasts, yeah. I've never tried to quit coffee, but when I try to diet and stuff, the most important thing is to just like change your environment. Don't keep coffee around. Don't mm-hmm. rely on your willpower because firstly, you'll get really tired and after the third day, you're just going to cave. If you really want to stop cold turkey, yeah. Yeah. 
But otherwise, just make less. Like, I feel like a huge, <laughs> like, speed bump in my coffee drinking is when I run out. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually. usually make another pot. No, literally, same, same. You don't want to make another pot for what? For, like, one? Because you want, yeah, sometimes you want the extra sip. One sip, and yeah. then I'll have a whole extra <laughs> pot for the next yeah. day. So Crazy. But don't do that. Yeah, don't make the extra pot. Do what we do, which is, like, set a time limit. I think that's really useful. But yeah, be like us in yeah, short. Be, be us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think you should quit coffee. I wouldn't worry too much. You could get into Coke Zero, but that's so much worse no, for you. No, that's so much worse for you. And like, no. And like kind of not the look also. I always love when I see a guy with like the tiniest cup of coffee. Like an espresso? Like an espresso or just the smallest drip, yeah. Right, yeah. Like an eight right. ounce, maybe? yeah. See, I'm the opposite. That's I hot. love the aesthetic of like an HRHN, like huge ass. No, like a venti, huge frap. Yeah, no, not even a frap, like a venti cold brew. That's my vibe. Right. I love that. I That's miss Starbucks. Yeah. You need like an SUV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm very much like you need a drive Jeep. through, drive through aesthetic is my aesthetic. Wait, but I was going to say really quick about the Coke thing. Have you heard that expression on Twitter, Lindy? Lindy? Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah. But describe. So it's like this guy, I don't know, I forget his name, but Lindy means things that are like, that humans have been doing since ancient times. So like, I don't know, like um, orgies is one example. I don't know why I thought of that, but I don't know, things like that. <laughs> so his whole philosophy is that if it's Lindy, it's good. If people have been doing it since Roman times, it's good. And while coffee is not that, I think that doing uppers and some sort of like consciousness changing is Whereas, and coffee is like a plant, obviously. Whereas like Diet Coke is just completely just chemicals. So just yeah. don't, yeah. I feel like don't try to find a replacement. Stick to coffee. Just limit it if you think it's a problem, but yeah. Exactly, yeah. Roman or not Roman. <laughs> <laughs> so drink wine, not White Claw. If we keep following those rules, yeah. Okay, next question. Thank you, listener, for that one. Mm-hmm. Hello, I could use some general advice. I grew up gay in a rural area and had limited interactions with other gay men. As I turned 18 this summer and will be moving out this fall for college, I'm feeling insecure about my lack of experience. How do you guys suggest meeting romantic or sexual partners and going through firsts? What worked for you? What can I expect as a young homosexual entering a new city slash dating pool? Any tips on how to act confident and normal when I'm an inexperienced virgin? I'm not even ugly. FFS, for fuck's sake. I can't admit I'm not even ugly. <laughs> I can't, yeah. So funny. You sound, like, confident to me, honestly. You yeah, sound it's a pretty confident me message. I mean, it's, it's easier to be confident in an anonymous message than when you're having sex for the right. first time. Yeah. There I ask, how was your first time? Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I recall this was in college in first year university. Mm-hmm. It was like bad. The like yeah. the guy I had sex with really was implying he knew what to do. He like had the confidence, right. but he like didn't really know about lube. And ultimately, I couldn't really even get the tip in. <laughs> <laughs> Not the tip. <laughs> and, I, and he was like asking for the tip, and I was like, "Oh, so this is where that line comes from? Like this exact moment." <laughs> And I just like couldn't really do it. It was like excruciating for him. And Maybe I was like, was oh, too this is not right. There was no lube. I mean, I oh, guess I could have yeah. spit. It not just like wasn't right. Um, but I do, 
I do consider that my first time because there was penetration. But you said the tip didn't go in. I don't, I don't, I don't count. Well, the tip went in. Okay. The tip went in. It didn't really go in a second time though. (laughs) So, um, sorry. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about our firsts. firsts. Wait, so have you never bottomed in your life? Wait, that's not what I said. No, 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 I know, I know. It was your first time. And I guess it was your first time topping, but what was your first time bottoming? Uh, I guess it was bad because you've never done it since or something. No, I've, I mean, I've bottomed a few times, sure. Okay. Um, it's that one's harder, I feel like, the bottoming first time. Like, yeah. So this, I mean, there's multiple facets to this question. Like, I feel like I was kind of mm. reading it more socially confident. Like, how do I, right. how do I like seem confident? But yeah, like first time having sex is a whole thing too. Yeah. Because he's like talking about being a virgin and like how to go with her first. I feel like that's code for like. Yeah, first. Well, ultimately, like probably everyone you're around in first year will yeah. be the same. And if they have like one year of experience on you, it'll seem like a lot, mm-hmm. but they'll be able to like pretend to help you like my yeah. first did, you know? Yeah. Anyways, what about you? What do you think? I was like, I didn't live in a rural area, but my experience was similar. I guess we come from a generation where if you're a gay guy, you lose your virginity in college, not high school. So this particular scenario doesn't seem like outlandish to me to be a virgin going into. That's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The first year university. But I still think there's people out there. I feel like even though young kids nowadays have sex earlier, there's still, there's going to be a tons of virgins. So like, it's not like you're an outlier. You're not like a. Get excited. There's going to be tons of virgins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hope Jeffrey Epstein is not listening to this podcast. I know we're going to take that out. <laughs> See, my strategy for that was, well, I only came out two years into my university experience when I was 20. But once I came out, it was all about just getting it done. It wasn't even yes. like a special experience. Mine was dark-sided. It was at a party in the middle of it. Like Ooh. we were dancing and then this person was hosting the party and we like, he was like, oh, let's come, let's go to my room. We make out. And then he just asks, he didn't know I was a virgin. So he asks, do you want to fuck? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I was lucky that this person was not like incredibly well endowed, that it didn't hurt at all. But the yeah. psychological hymen was broken, which I think is the important part. Yes. Of like yes. Going through it for the first time. Um, and I think it helped. It helped to just not make a big deal out of it. And at the end of the day, if you're a gay guy, you probably don't have a hymen. I mean, I don't know, but you probably don't. So just, it's not like a thing, you know, just don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. And that's maybe a good way to have confidence if it's not like. Honestly, getting it done does give you confidence. I don't really know why, but that's absolutely right. Because that's really the the mental roadblock, the mental cherry, you know, (laughs) just get it done. Exactly. Yeah. Um, It won't be like great, but like, you know, be safe. Um, Yeah, just be safe. You'll meet people in first year, like. It'll all happen. Like your mm-hmm. friends will bring you up. They'll uh, they'll make you feel hot. They'll make you feel cool. They'll yeah. give you confidence, and you'll meet people. And try at least maybe mine worked because it wasn't a stranger. It was like a friend at a party. I think that yeah. helps because when you're doing it for the first time, you do want to be able to have like open communication. If it hurts, mm-hmm. if you just want to stop, I think it's good to have that. Maybe not a friend, but someone who you not a grinder stranger is what I mean. Just someone who you can at least say like stop. Yeah. Yes, totally. Um, the, I guess the other part of the question is 
How do you? How can I expect as a young homosexual entering a new city dating pool? What can I expect? Oh, um, you're gonna have a ton of fun. I, yeah. I figure. Probably. I would love to know what city. I'm like so excited for you, actually. Yeah, and college is fun for that. There will be, I guarantee you, there will be at least ten other guys in your university, like for sure. Yeah. And you'll fuck all of them, and you'll fuck each other, and then by the fourth year, yeah, you'll all like either hate each other or be besties. Yeah, you're gonna have some enemies by the end. That's fine. That's fine. It's <laughs> like part a, of it. Such a fun time in life. I feel like. And you'll learn like what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. And all of that is mm-hmm. what makes you confident, I think, in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll learn how not to act towards your friends. Um, you'll learn to not hook up with your friends' boyfriends and their <laughs> hookups. Yeah, you'll learn it all. Um, don't feel insecure. Mm-hmm. I mean, easier said than done, but yeah, you know, just let, mm-hmm. let it happen is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Let it happen to you. Yeah. Okay, cute. And wear protection. Yes, period. Okay, one more question. Is that true? We sped through these, yeah. As someone who has never been in a serious relationship, how does being in a relationship affect your mental health slash stability slash overall sense of happiness? Wow. This is like, yeah, the proverbial question. (laughs) Like, just... Did you listen to this episode? Like, <laughs> this is like, what does it mean to be human? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's a good question. It uh, it is, yeah, because yeah. especially when you're single, it's like the only thing you can think of sometimes. Yeah, like you're convinced it will make you happier to have a partner. Yeah, but there's always new problems, isn't there? I think like the the chase can be really fun. Like, the there's what? a lot, a lot of great things. There's a lot of great things about being in, in a relationship, but. Oh yeah, there's new problems no matter what you do. Like, yeah, that's my take. Juan, you 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 talk. You're the partner, however. Right, I'm a partner. Well, you've been in a relationship, so you can relate to what I'll say. But yes, what is the question? How has it affected my mental health, stability, happiness? I mean, it's definitely more stable. Like that's yeah, that's the one thing that a relationship brings you. Like not the one thing, but the main thing is like the stability. Of having someone, I think it's always about like having someone in your corner or like when something bad happens, you have someone to talk about it. When, for example, when you get an injury, like I have right now, you have someone to help you with that kind of stuff. Mm. And if I've learned, and this is not just relationships, friendships can help with this too. But if I've learned anything as I grow up is that life is all about that. It's like you need to have a safety net or like a something to fall back on. And a relationship is like an intense friendship. You can get this from friendships, but a relationship obviously allows for this more you live together. And in a world of like couples, it like definitely helps with that stability. I feel like a big, huge thing that I've noticed since I moved in with my partner is like physical intimacy is huge. Mm. Probably so, especially during the pandemic. I think that like, again, going back to like this idea of being like Lindy and Roman, like humans, and not like every animal cuddles, like every animal touches each other. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, yeah. Every species like somehow touches like each other. And I think that's huge. I feel like we forget the psychological benefits of like touch. Mm -hmm. And by this, I mean like obviously sexual, but also just like physical intimacy that is like not necessarily sexual, I think is, I would say it's the biggest thing about having a relationship, honestly. True. I would say that, yeah. At least mine, yeah. 
like two baby pandas. What you were saying is you're right. I think it's not going to solve your, like if you have, it's not going to solve your life. It's not going to fix your life. It's not going to affect your mental health really. No, it's going to bring up, like it's going to solve the issue of loneliness, but it's going to bring up a yeah. whole new array of issues for sure. If you can't love yourself. How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Yeah. Can I get an email? Yeah, not totally. <laughs> Can I get an email? Once you start dating, like, your boyfriend's or partner's problem become your problems. There's, like, way less independence. Mm-hmm. It's all about sacrifice. You have to sacrifice a lot. So the question is, is it worth sacrificing all these things that you have when you're single for the stability of a relationship? Most people would say yes, which is why most people end up partnered. Yeah, and if you are not happy, do you even have those things to give, you know? Yeah. You might not. You might not. You may not. Yeah, we had, um, I believe we had a question similar to this in the first love line. And yeah, it's like super mysterious in a way, if you've never had a relationship, like... Yeah. How like beautiful it could be, you know, but... Yeah. It's just like anything else. Like, it's, there's no magic key to like being happy. Yeah, and I was single for a lot of my life. Like, because yeah. like, I only came out when I was 20 and I had my first relationship when I was like, I think like 22 or something. And that really leads you to like, idealize the like image of relationships. Like for me, it wasn't even about being in a relationship, but like being able to say that I was in a relationship. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And just being like, oh my God, I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. Now have you heard about my boyfriend? And that's fun for sure. The first month. Oh my God. But then you have to deal with the fact that it's actually another human being that you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Like a life-size pet. Human-size <laughs> pet. <laughs> Who in it's turn true. thinks oh of God. you as a life-size pet. So <laughs> Amazing point, though. Like, the ability to say my partner. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's worth a million fucking dollars right there. Yeah. I very performatively flex on my coworkers because they all say partner. They're all straight. And I say, my boyfriend. <laughs> That's Pardon. iconic. Sorry, you froze mid-word boyfriend. So oh, yeah. I kind of like missed the landing on that one. But yeah, good for you. As you should. Um, okay, listener. We did it. I hope that helped. Well, thanks for listening. I guess this is the end of the main episode. This is it. Yeah, thank you so much for writing in and calling in. That was honestly, I'll say it, heavier than the first episode. But <laughs> um, I hope I hope it helped. It reflects the mood that people, which is weird because if anything, people should be happier now because it's opening up. I think it's just proof that, yeah, it's, we're not quite there yet in some yeah. ways. It's also proof that like whatever issues we had during the pandemic are not even just pandemic related, but just like life. Exactly. Itself. Yeah. Nothing is that easy. Nothing changes that much. Yeah. Um, okay. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like, yeah, seek treatment ultimately. Um, yeah. Let's all do therapy in 2021. See, if I could afford it, I would love to. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Canadian government's slacking on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, listener. We'll be back next week. Play it back with music or something like that. All the weeks after that. Yeah, we're going to talk more pop music like we always do. And join us on Patreon for bonus episodes. And a couple more questions. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.